Roald Dahl's Dirty Beasts The Pig In England once there lived a big and wonderfully clever pig. To everybody it was plain that Piggy had a massive brain. He worked out sums inside his head. There was no book he hadn't read. He knew what made an airplane fly. He knew how engines worked and why. He knew all this, but in the end, one question drove him round the bend. He simply couldn't puzzle out what life was really all about. What was the reason for his birth? Why was he placed upon this earth? His giant brain went round and round. Alas, no answer could be found. Till suddenly, one wondrous night, all in a flash, he saw the light. He jumped up like a ballet dancer and yelled, By gum, I've got the answer. They want my bacon, slice by slice, to sell at a tremendous price. They want my tender, juicy chops to put in all the butcher shops. They want my pork to make a roast, and that's the part they'll cost the most. They want my sausages in strings. They even want my chitterlings. The butcher's shop, the carving knife. That is the reason for my life. Such thoughts as these are not designed to give a pig great peace of mind. Next morning, in comes Farmer Bland. A pail of pig's will in his hand. And Piggy, with a mighty roar, bashes the farmer to the floor. Now comes the rather grisly bit, so let's not make too much of it, except that you must understand that Piggy did eat Farmer Bland. He ate him up from head to toe, chewing the pieces nice and slow. It took an hour to reach the feet, because there was so much to eat. And when he'd finished, Pig, of course, felt absolutely no remorse. Slowly, he scratched his brainy head, and with a little smile, he said, I had a fairly powerful hunch that he might have me for lunch, and so, because I feared the worst, I thought I'd better eat him first. Dirty Beasts by Roald Dahl The Crocodile No animal is half so vile as Crocky Wok, the crocodile. On Saturdays, he likes to crunch six juicy children for his lunch. And he especially enjoys just three of each. Three girls, three boys. He smears the boys to make them hot with mustard from the mustard pot. But mustard doesn't go with girls. It tastes all wrong with plaits and curls. With them, what goes extremely well is butterscotch and caramel. It's such a super marvellous treat when boys are hot and girls are sweet. At least, that's Crocky's point of view. He ought to know. He's had a few. That's all for now. It's time for bed. Lie down and rest your sleepy head. Shh! Listen! What is that I hear? Galumphing softly up the stair. Go lock the door and fetch my gun. Go on, child, hurry, quickly, run! No, stop. Stand back, 
He's coming in. Oh, look, that greasy, greenish skin. The shining teeth. The greedy smile. It's Crocky Walk, the crocodile. Dirty Beasts by Roald Dahl, the anteater. Some wealthy folks from USA who lived near San Francisco Bay possessed an only child called Roy, a plump and unattractive boy, half-baked, half-witted and half-boiled. But worst of all, most dreadfully spoiled, whatever Roy desired each day, his father bought him right away. Toy motor cars, electric trains, the latest model aeroplanes, a colour television set, a saxophone, a clarinet, expensive teddy bears that talked and animals that walked and squawked. That house contains sufficient toys to thrill a half a million boys. As well as this, young Roy would choose two pairs a week of brand new shoes. And now he stood there shouting, What on earth is there I haven't got? How hard to think of something new. The choices are extremely few. Ben added, as he scratched his ear, Hold it! I've got a good idea. I think the next thing I must get should be a most peculiar pet. The kind that no one else has got. A giant anteater. Why not? As soon as father heard the news, he quickly wrote to all the zoos. Dear sirs, he said, my dear keepers. Do any of you have anteaters? They answered by return of mail. Our anteaters are not for sale. Undaunted, Roy's fond parent hurled more messages across the world. He said, I'll pay you through the nose if you can get me one of those. At last, he found an Indian gent. He lived near Delhi in a tent, who said that he would sacrifice his pet for an enormous price. The price demanded, if you please, was 50,000 gold rupees. The anteater arrived half dead. It looked at Roy and softly said, I'm famished. Do you think you could please give me just a little food? A crust of bread, a bit of meat? I haven't had a thing to eat in all the time I was at sea, for nobody looked after me. Roy shouted, no, no bread or meat. Go find some ants, that's what you eat. The starving creature crawled away. It searched the garden night and day. It hunted every inch of ground, but not one single ant it found. Please, give me food, the creature cried. Go find an ant, the boy replied. By chance, upon that very day, Roy's father's sister came to stay. A foul old hag of 83, whose name, it seems, was Dorothy. She said to Roy, Come, let us sit out in the sun and talk a bit. Roy said, I don't believe you've met my new and most unusual pet. He pointed down amongst the stones, 
where something lay, all skin and bones. Ant eater, he yelled. Don't lie there yawning. This is my ant. Come and say good morning. Some people in the USA have trouble with the words they say. However hard they try, they can't pronounce a simple word like aunt. Instead of aunt, they call it ant. Instead of can't, they call it can't. Roy yelled, Come here, you so-and-so. My ant would like to say hello. Slowly, the creature raised its head. Do you mean that's an ant? It said, Of course, cried Roy. Aunt Dorothy, this ant is over 83. The creature smiled. Its tummy rumbled. It licked its starving lips and mumbled, A giant ant! My gosh, a winner! At last, I'll get a decent dinner. No matter if it's 83, if that's an ant, then it's for me. Then, taking very careful aim, it pounced upon the startled dame. It grabbed her firmly by the hair and ate her right then and there. Murmuring as it chewed the feet, the largest ant I'll ever eat. Meanwhile, our hero, Roy, had sped in terror to the potting shed and tried to make himself obscure behind a pile of horse manure. But Ant Eater came sneaking in, already it was much less thin, and said to Roy, You little squirt, I think I'll have you for dessert. Dirty Beasts by Roald Dahl The Porcupine Each Saturday I shout, Hooray! For that's my pocket money day. Although it's clearly understood I only get it when I'm good. This week my parents had been told that I had been as good as gold. So after breakfast, 50p, my generous father gave to me. Like lightning down the road I ran until I reached the sweet shop man and bought the chocolate of my dreams. A great big bag of raspberry creams. There is a secret place I know, where I quite often like to go. Beyond the wood, behind some rocks, a super place for guzzling chocks. When I arrived, I quickly found a comfy-looking little mound. Quite clean and round and earthy brown, just right, I thought, for sitting down. Here I will sit all morning long and eat until my chocks are gone. I sat. I screamed. I jumped a foot. Would you believe that I had put that tender little rump of mine upon a giant porcupine? My backside seemed to catch on fire, a hundred red-hot bits of wire, a hundred prickles sticking in and puncturing my precious skin. I ran for home. I shouted, Mum! Behold the prickles in my bum. My mum, who always keeps her head, bent down to look and then she said I personally am not about to try and pull those prickles out. I think a job like this requires the services of Mr Myers. I shouted not the dentist. No. Oh mum why don't you have a go? 
I begged her twice. I begged her thrice. But grown-ups never take advice. She said, a dentist's very strong. He pulls things out the whole day long. She drove me quickly into town and they turned me upside down upon the awful dentist's chair while two strong nurses held me there. Enter the dreaded Mr Myers, waving a massive pair of pliers. This is, he cried with obvious glee, a new experience for me. Why, honestly, I can't pretend I've ever pulled things from this end. He started pulling one by one and yelling, my, oh my, what fun! I shouted, help! I shouted, ow! He said, it's nearly over now. For heaven's sake, don't squirm about. Here goes, the last one's coming out. The dentist pulled and out it came. And then I heard the man exclaim, let us now talk about the fees. That will be 50 guineas, please. My mother is a gutsy bird and never one to mince a word. She cried, oh, by gosh, that's joy steep. He answered, no, it's very cheap. My dear woman, can't you see? But if it hadn't been for me, this child could go another year with prickles sticking out of her rear. So that was that. Oh, what a day. And what a fuss. But, by the way, I think I know why porcupines surround themselves with prickly spines. It is to stop some silly clown from squashing them by sitting down. Don't copy me. Don't be a twit. Be sure you look before you sit. Dirty Beasts by Roald Dahl The Cow Please listen while I tell you now about a most fantastic cow. Miss Milky Daisy was her name. And when aged seven months, she came to live with us. She did her best to look the same as all the rest. But Daisy, as we could all see, had some kind of mild deformity. A funny sort of bumpy lump on either side, just above her rump. Now, not so very long ago, these bumpy lumps began to grow. And three or maybe four months later, I stood there, an enthralled spectator. These bumpy lumps burst wide apart, and out there came, I crossed my heart, of all the wondrous, marvellous things, a pair of gold and silver wings. A cow with wings? A flying cow? I've never seen one up till now. Oh, Daisy dear, can this be true? She flapped her wings and up she flew. Most gracefully, she climbed up high. She fairly whizzed across the sky. You should have seen her dive and swoop. She even did a loop-the-loop. Of course, almost immediately, her picture was on live TV. And millions came each day to stare milky daisy in the air they shouted jeepers creepers wow it really is a flying cow they laughed and clapped and cheered and waved and all of them were well behaved 
except for one quite horrid man who travelled from Afghanistan. This fellow standing in the crowd raised up his voice and yelled aloud, That silly cow! Hey, listen, Daisy, I think you're absolutely crazy. Unfortunately, Daisy heard quite clearly every single word. By gosh, she cried, what awful cheek. Who is this silly man, so meek? She dived and using all her power, she got to 60 miles an hour. Bomb's gone, she cried. Take that, she said, and dropped a cow pat on his head. Roald Dahl's Dirty Beasts, The Scorpion You ought to thank your lucky star that here in England, where you are, you'll never find, or so it's said, a scorpion inside your bed. The scorpion's name is Stingerling, a most repulsive, ugly thing, and I would never recommend that you should treat him as a friend. His scaly skin is black as black, with armour plate upon his back. Observe his scowling, murderous face, his wicked eyes, his lack of grace. Note well his long and crinkly tail, and when it starts to swish and flail. Oh gosh, watch out, jump back, I say, and run till you're a mile away. The moment that his tail goes swish, he has but one determined wish. He wants to make a sudden jump and sting you hard upon your rump. What is the matter, darling child? Why do you look so tense and wild? Oh, mummy, underneath the sheet, there's something moving on my feet. Some horrid, creepy, crawly thing. Do you think it could be stingling? What nonsense, child. You're teasing me. I'm not. I'm not. It's reached my knee. It's, it's going up my thigh. Oh, mum, mummy, catch it quickly, try. It's on, it's on my bottom now. It's, ow, 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 ow. Dirty Beasts by Roald Dahl. The lion. The lion just adores to eat a lot of red and tender meat. And if you ask the lion what is much the tenderest of the lot, he will not say a roast of lamb, or curried beef, or devilled ham, or crispy pork, or corned beef hash, or sausages, or mutton mash. Then, could it be a big plump hen? He answers no. What is it then? Oh, lion dear, could I not make you happy with a lovely steak? Could I entice you from your lair with rabbit pie or roasted hare? The lion smiled and shook his head. He came up very close and said, The meat I am about to chew is neither steak nor chops. It's you.